0: Well, hey, everyone. Uh, Welcome to the first episode of The Ask. Uh, So glad that you could be here and join us for this podcast. Uh, In this podcast, we're going to be looking at different questions that people have for the Bible and then also be talking about the the different questions the Bible asks of us as well. And so, so glad you could be here. Uh, Each week, I'm going to have a guest joining me. And today, I have our Director of Media Ministries here at Fraser, Ken Roach. Uh, Ken, how are you doing?
1: Doing good. Glad to be here, Brandon. Thanks for inviting me.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you for being here. And so we did a survey, basically, where we asked people to kind of vote on which questions they would like us to discuss. And we had a, a bunch of different ones that got a lot of votes. And so what's the first question, first topic we're looking at today, Ken?
1: Yeah. So one of the ones that uh, a lot of folks seem to be interested in is really what does the Bible say about how to discern um, God's will? And so I think uh, folks are Kind of wanting to know what's God's will for their life, and um, and just asking how to how to find that in the Bible.
0: Yeah, I think that's a that's always a great question. Someone who's been in student ministry for a long time, been a, a teaching pastor uh, for several years now, that is probably one of the questions I get more often than not. Is just how do I discern God's will for my life? How do I know what to do? Uh, how do I know which decision to make uh, when it's just not super clear? And so I think that's an awesome question. And and I think when I think about the question, the first place you need to start is uh, understanding that God has a revealed will. Mm-hmm. And so as we think about what scripture says about God's will for your life, uh, there are a lot of Bible verses that specifically talk about God's will and the things that we need to be doing. And so understanding God's will for your life begins really with um, doing his revealed will. So for instance, there's there's scriptures in the Bible that say it's, God's will for your life to be sanctified, to be holy, to be set apart, uh, to live into the righteousness of Christ. Um, there's lots of verses that say it's God's will for us to care for the least of these and uh, to help our neighbor, to love God with all our heart, soul, and mind, to love our neighbor as ourselves. And that's usually not the answer people want to hear right, first. You know, right. they, they really just want the answer to a very specific life question or a life decision. But really, you can't it's going to be difficult for you to discern God's specific will for your life if you're not uh, already participating in His revealed will. And so it really does start with Scripture and reading the Word and, and understanding uh, the things that God wants you to do. And that, that's going to include things like worship and helping others and uh, prayer and being in community with other Christians. If, if you're not doing those kind of basics of His revealed will, you're you're really going to make it very difficult for God to really be able to speak into maybe a specific purpose for your life.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, what comes to mind for me is what I call the sort of the GPS model mm-hmm. where uh, people are sort of expecting God's will to be like a, a GPS that's going to give you turn by turn directions, you know, turn right here, turn left here and so forth. Um, But the thing about a GPS is you plug in the destination Mm -hmm. where you want to go and then it's supposed to feed you the right turns to make along the way. And I'm afraid that that's how a lot of people approach this question is they already kind of have an assumption of where they want their life to go. They want to find a good relationship. They want to get a good job. You know, they they just sort of have their own vision of what Mm -hmm. the good life is. And then what they're asking is, is God, give me the turn by turns to get where I want to go, (laughs) Yeah. where I think what you're getting at is what God reveals to us in his word is more about the ultimate destination. Are we willing to surrender to him on where our life is ultimately going? Mm. And until we're willing to do that and actually let God set the coordinates for where we're heading, then it's not really a whole lot of use asking him to give us those turn by turns as we go along.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's good. I I can remember being on a trip with my dad where uh, we were using the GPS, but he just decided to ignore it, you know, and it was telling us to make a (laughs) U-turn, you know, for miles and miles, but he kind of thought he knew better than the GPS. Right. And and yeah, I think that's often the case is that we kind of have an idea of how we want our lives to go and we just want God to get us there as smoothly and easy as possible when in reality you're right it has to really start with surrendering ourselves to God's will, God's purposes, um, and God's word. And and until you do that, it's it's going to be um very difficult for you to really ever uh, live into God's specific will for your life. And another thing I would I would always mention to people too is that you know, the Bible promises to be a lamp unto our feet, not a crystal ball into our future. Mm-hmm. And and just helping people realize that you know, I think what we want is we want certainty. right We want a very specific map laid out for us that um will show us what our five year plan is going to look like, what the next ten years are going to look like. And when I'm reading the scriptures, when you look at the whole of the narrative, God doesn't seem to care about our certainty mm. like at all. <laughs>
1: like right. he
0: doesn't seem to be mm. really obsessed with uh giving us a five year plan, a ten year plan. in fact, God tends to want his people to be in a place of uncertainty. And so that you have to lean and depend on him each step of the way. Uh, And so I think God is faithful to show you the next step. And when you're obedient to that step, he'll give you the next step. But this idea that God's going to kind of give you this um, laid out plan for the next 10 years is highly unlikely. uh, Because I think what would happen is that sometimes we get more obsessed with our own plans and less obsessed with glorifying God and being dependent upon Him. And so one of the things I I would always encourage people is is a phrase, embrace the uncertainty. Embrace the uncertainty of life. Embrace that not everything's going to turn out like you thought, like you planned, and that's okay, but that God will give you the next step. He will be faithful to show you the next door, and you be obedient to walk through it.
1: Yeah, you know, I think just to tag onto that, one of the things that I'm, Learning just from observing how God has sort of worked in my life and hearing how He's worked in other people's lives, and then taking that back to Scripture and seeing how He's worked with people through through the centuries in Scripture, is that when God does reveal something about the future, you know, when He puts a promise in your heart of hey, this is going to happen, or you're like Abraham, you're going to have a son, mm-hmm. or David, you're going to be king, or whatever, um, it never happens right away. Yeah. Like we think, you know, we're wanting the the, the right now. And when he does reveal things about our future, almost always it's um, much farther down the road than we would like for it to be. And it's going to come about by circumstances that we would never expect. And he's mm-hmm. going to lead us through a lot of valleys <laughs> before he gets, gets us on that mountaintop. And so I think um, th- there are some ways in which God likes to drop Maybe hints about our future, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but not like you said, in the sense of laying out the blueprint for you. Here's the 10 year plan as much as putting these seeds of hope in us that um, I've got great plans for your future, but they're going to unfold in my timing, not your timing. And you need to be faithful, like you're saying, to obedience in the next step, Um, not really trying to figure out how to make those ultimate promises happen, but trusting with hope yeah while being obedient in the day by day,
0: and I think that's really difficult because we live in the you know the microwave culture of we we want to know these things now. we want to see them now. So this idea of of waiting and and uh, trusting um and things not happening on our timetable is really difficult. And one of the things i I would also mention to people is that you know here's one thing I can guarantee is that your life is not going to turn out like you thought it to be.
1: Yeah, I think Luke Skywalker got that right. This is not going to turn out the way that you think it will. (laughs) In the words of Luke Skywalker,
0: um, this is not going to turn out like you thought, but that's actually really good news. I am so glad my life did not turn out like I thought or how I planned it Uh, because me being a pastor, me going on mission trips, orphan care, adopting, none of those things would have happened in my life if it turned out like I had planned it. Right. And so I, I encourage people to say, your life won't turn out like you had thought. It's not going to, but that's actually really good news. Yeah. It's really good news And that you can rest in the security of God, that he knows where he's taking you, and that his plans for you are so much better than the plans you have for yourself or for your family, and that you can trust in that security.
1: Right. So, you know, St. Augustine had uh, this quote that could be kind of controversial. I'd love to hear what you think about it when he said, um, love God and do whatever you want.
0: Hmm.
1: You know, that's kind of a, a, a challenging take on God's will. You know, Some people think, oh, God has a will, like, for what shoes I should wear today and, and you know, yeah. just down to the minutest detail. But Augustine seems to suggest that there's room in God's plan for our own desires.
0: Yeah yeah, and I don't think there's a lot of truth to that, you know, but that that first phrase is a big one, yeah, you know, and so if if you are loving God with all your heart, soul and mind, if you're worshiping him, if living into his revealed will, then I think there is a part where you could trust um, um God's desires that he's giving you and the purposes and the passions he's giving you, because at that point, you're living into his revealed will. and so that at that in that essence, you can kind of trust that he's directing your life, that y'all are walking together. And so in that sense, I think there is something really freeing about that. And and I think I would encourage people in that is that sometimes, especially young people, sometimes they think, you know, following God's will for your life is going to hamper you or hold you back or kind of be this, um, like God's a cosmic killjoy. When in reality, God knows you best. Like God knows you better than you know yourself. And so Uh, his will and the desires and passions he gives you when you live into that will are always going to be better um, than the things that you would have put in that place. That kind of leads me to another question that I'd ask you, Ken, is, you know, some people kind of come at this with the assumption that kind of no matter how you live, you know, it's God's will for your life. So even if you do a lot of things that you shouldn't do, that was God's purpose for your life because it led to a greater end or, you know, Hey, I did this and that, but, you know, God used that to make me who I am today. So, I guess the question sometimes people would ask is like, does it matter how you live, or no matter what happens, that was God's will for your life, so to speak?
1: Yeah, I think um, that can be uh, sort of sort of an excuse uh, if we let it uh, become that to mm-hmm. um, sort of depend on. You know, God is sovereign, um, but but how His sovereignty works out is is a lot of times mysterious to us from from this side of, you know, of, um, of the end times. And so um, I think that what we see is that God is able to redeem yeah. any choice that we make.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, he is able to take, for instance, you know, David's uh, adultery and murder mm-hmm. and turn it into the beauty of psalm 51 and david's confession and and what we are able to learn about the heart of god from that um but that could not be interpreted to mean oh it was god's will for david to commit adultery yeah. and murder yeah. um there were tremendous consequences that came mm-hmm. on david and on his family as a result of his sin and so you know we have to be aware that uh, disobedience to the revealed uh will of god always carries real consequences yeah um, and and balance that in intention with um, when we do find ourselves in that situation and we do realize that we have disobeyed God's will to not give into despair but to understand that he's able to redeem that and use it for his glory but it will never be what it might have been if we had uh, been faithful to begin with
0: yeah now I think that's right on the money we didn't have to disagree today so that's yeah. good um, <laughs> that yeah I I always want to be very clear with people that, yeah, you you can miss out on God's will and purposes for your life in those seasons where you're being disobedient. You know, that God may have wanted to use you in ways or even bless your life in ways that you forfeited because of your disobedience. You know, the, the Israelites are a great example of that. That first generation of Israelites missed out on the promised land, not because God wouldn't give it, but that because they refused to take it. Right. They refused the blessing of God in that sense. But then you're right that, you know, um, God can even take our worst moments and redeem them for good, that he can take our mistakes, our brokenness, our sin, and he can redeem them for good. And I think that's the language that people are after is that, hey, God's taken my bad moments and he's redeemed them for good. But I don't want us to think that like, hey, you know, no matter how you live, you're you're in the center of God's will and purposes for your life. You can uh, miss those. And there are many people who do. Now, with the time we have left, let's kind of drill down a little bit because I know there's people like, okay, that's that's all great. And these were all kind of big picture things. Okay, but I really have legitimate decisions that I'm trying to process, things I'm trying to discern. Uh, how can I make sure that I put myself in a place where I can discern maybe more God-specific will for my life? So we've already kind of said, hey, make sure you're doing God's revealed will. Um, embrace the uncertainty that you're not going to have everything figured out. And, and trust that God's will and timing is best. But what are maybe some specific things, some practical applications that we can give people um, when it comes to like maybe discerning something kind of very specific, as we talk about your God-specific will for your life? What are some suggestions you might give them?
1: Well, I think, um, you know, the first place to start, as we've already said, is with scripture. Um, but where I think some sometimes we... Narrow that down too much is we we want some explicit scripture about the topic. Like we're going to do a thematic study of the Bible. Like mm-hmm. I'm making this decision about you know this issue, and I'm going to only look for things in scripture that directly speak to that issue. Yeah, and I think the discipline uh, for us to develop is to think more in terms of narrative and analogy to embed the whole story of Scripture into our lives, to see the patterns of how God works, and then to be able to use the imagination that God's given us the, to make the creative leap between, okay, here's how God worked in in this situation, in this biblical character's life. I live in a very different world than that, but by analogy and by creative yes. imagination, I can begin to see if that's the way that God works, how would that apply in my situation? rather than looking only for those verses that might speak very directly and specifically to the issue that I'm facing.
0: Yeah. I think that's always a danger is that kind of, um, word study approach. So like if you're dealing with worry or something like that, you look at a concordance and you look up all the verses that have to do with worry, um, which isn't bad, except that you need to make sure when you do read those verses that you understand the context of what they were talking about and, what was going on in the story, the narrative behind it. Because otherwise, what we're doing is is we could really pluck those verses out of context. And we'll talk a lot about that on this podcast, is that you know the dangers, we, we go to the Bible asking it questions that it was never set up to answer, or we're forcing certain Bible verses to answer questions that it wasn't really talking about. And so there's nothing wrong with looking up in your Bible what the Bible has to say about worry, but to make sure you read the whole of the context um, to understand what they were really talking about. Yeah. Um, I think Jeremiah 29 11 is a great one for, I know the plans I have for you says the Lord plans to prosper you and not to hurt you. We love that Bible verse, but that Bible verse takes on deeper meaning when you understand that it's in the context that Jerusalem had just been destroyed and most of the Israelites had been taken off into exile. And so this wasn't a, Hey, feel-good kind of prosperity gospel kind of thing, it was more of, hey, even in this lowest moment, even in the brokenness of your own sin and exile, that God still has plans for your life and plans for good. That verse takes on a whole greater meaning than if you just kind of looked it up and read it out of context. Well,
1: and I think, you know, that verse illustrates what so many do, is that it was also spoken not to an individual but to a community. Mm -hmm. And so I think another practical matter here is that when we think about discerning God's will, we we tend to think about it in highly individualistic terms, and it's going to be me and God having this conversation about my future. Um, when in fact, God's designed for us to live in community uh, with authorities. You know, for a teenager, it's mm-hmm. parents and and mentors, but even for adults, it's the community of faith around us. And I, I just believe that there are times. Um, not always, but there are times when God intentionally doesn't give us direct uh, confirmation of his will because he wants us to seek counsel from others. I mean, there's a lot of verses about the, the, the wisdom that comes from many counselors. And because he wants us to depend on one another as a body, uh, he puts us in situations where we need to talk to other people and get their perspectives to know what his will is for us.
0: Yeah, I think that's a huge one. And I think that's one we tend to miss in our culture because uh, we're very individualistic. We we tend to think that our relationship with God is is just this, you know, individual thing between me and Him. And so, yeah, I would always say if you're discerning God's specific will for your life is seek out the wisdom of other Christians, whether it's your small group, whether it's your pastor, whether it's just an older Christian that you really trust, uh, that God will confirm and affirm uh, certain decisions through the body of Christ. And so that's a huge one, you know, because I think when you talk about the specific will, um, you're going to need the wisdom of others to help you understand that. And I've seen a lot of people get themselves in trouble um, because they never sought the guidance of other people. Mm -hmm. And so you need to have those people in your life uh, that can kind of speak into your life, um, who can help you make those decisions and make sure that you're making those decisions uh, based on your commitment to Christ and being faithful to him and not out of some sort of selfish motivation that you've kind of tricked yourself into. And so, yeah, I think I think community is essential. Um, obviously, doing the revealed will of God is essential. You know, another thing that I would just add into that is that as you think about discerning the specific will of God for your life is, and, and this will sound like it... it wouldn't go with it, but to make sure you are really worshiping, Hmm. uh, when you're making these decisions. And, uh, it kind of seems like, Hey, what, what does worship have to do with making decisions or discerning God's specific will? But I think it has everything to do with it. That whenever you're trying to make decisions, especially big decisions in life, outside of worship, you're just more likely to make a misread. And so if you are, Um, Being filled with the Holy Spirit of God If you're encountering God's presence um, um, In worship If you are praising Him Then your ability to make decisions That align with His purposes And His glory are going to be much easier to make And also That the proclamation of God's word in worship Uh, You'll be amazed at how Often the sermon will speak directly Into your situation Not because the preacher is stalking you (laughs) As I've been accused of doing Or Facebook stalking you um, but it, it's just amazing how often people come up to me and say, Hey, that's exactly what I needed to hear yeah. at the exact right time. And so to be committed, um, to worshiping with God's people and hearing God's word, uh, I think it's going to be a huge part of discerning God's will for your life.
1: Yeah. I think, you know, the way I was going to put it is that the will of God is never separate from the heart of God. Yeah. And, uh, um, anytime we're, Store, starting down the road of pursuing or imagining or visualizing god's will separate from his love and an, and an intimate relationship with him um then that's when we get confused about the will of god it's always flowing out of his heart the heart of the one who gave himself for us on the cross and worship is you know it's where we get the heart of god revealed to us so that we're uh, we're perceiving his will in that sense as the heart of a father mm-hmm. seeking what's best um, for his children, the heart of of one who gave himself for us um and anything he's leading us towards uh is for our good and for his glory,
0: yeah, so I think that uh we hope that's helpful for you that as you think about God's will for your life is um you know embracing the uncertainty, you know trusting in his promises, knowing that he wants to speak into your life. Uh, seeking the wisdom and guidance of other Christians and making sure that you're in a place of worship and prayer as you're seeking his specific will for your life. Now, as we think about how the Bible questions us, I think the first thing that the Bible would ask of us as we're trying to discern God's will is, are you doing God's revealed will? Yeah. You know, that's going to be the the confrontation that scripture speaks back to us is, are you surrendering your will to God's revealed will? Because it has to start there uh, That is the root That is the beginning of being able to discern God's specific will for your life Well thank you Ken for joining us uh, So glad you could be here Yeah great to be here And I uh, want to make sure y'all know that uh, If you like the podcast make sure you subscribe to it We'd also love for you to give us an awesome rating If you didn't like it just don't give us a rating So just just ignore the rating part But uh, but if you like the, the podcast Please subscribe and rate it We uh, appreciate that very much And uh, we will be back very, very soon. Thank you for listening. God bless.